Hi, and welcome to this episode of Our Guest Is, presented by My East Coast Experience Media in partnership with RBC. Our Guest Is introduces us to a resilient group of people, typically called immigrants, but perhaps better described as entrepreneurs, community builders, and survivors. In each episode, we'll be hearing all about their journeys to Canada's East Coast in their own words. Today, our guest is Christine Chin Yang. Christine, uh, just a little bit of background for our listeners. You're originally from Fujian, China, and you studied at the Fujian Agriculture and Forestry University with a double major in business and agriculture. And when you came to Halifax, you attended Mount St. Vincent University, graduated in 2015, and you're currently enrolled at Dal. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. Uh, you supported the Nova Scotia government on international trade missions, which sounds super cool. And we'll ask you about that uh, shortly. But you currently hold the position of manager of market development at the Department of Fisheries and Aquaculture for the government of Nova Scotia. And you were honored as one of the most inspiring immigrants in Atlantic Canada in 2021. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you so much, Natalie, for the introduction. <laughs> so I guess we'll get started by just telling us about your journey to Atlantic Canada. Yes, certainly. Um, so my journey to Atlantic Canada started uh, 10 years ago. Uh, I came to Halifax as an international student to uh, finish my 2 plus 2 program, like the last two years of uh, my bachelor's study. So I studied, uh, as you mentioned, the business administration program at the uh, Mount St. Vincent University. That's how I started. And you liked the mount because, you know, I mean, you Googled a picture of where it was located oh. and you're like, oh, it's right on the ocean because where you're from in China it was on the east coast of China, right? Exactly. Yeah. I'm so glad you know about our story. <laughs> Let's, uh, actually, the truth. And so uh, when I was, I had few choice uh, when I was choosing a university to study it uh, in uh, Canada. So some in BC, some in Alberta, and we also have some options uh, in Nova Scotia. And when I Google it, uh, uh, Mount St. Vincent University is right next to the uh, Bethel Highway yeah. and there's the, uh, the ocean. And uh, it really reminds me of home. And my hometown is also a coastal uh, province. So uh, ocean has always made me feel like a open and uh, embracing so uh, that's why I choose the Mount and also it's a small school and mm -hmm. I feel like uh, I can really be part of something. I've heard that about the Mount that the class sizes are small. relatively small and then there's the aspect of you know there's more of a focus on female education I think too because at one point it was an all-female university if I'm correct uh, yes, a long uh, time ago. So, <laughs> so Mount St. Vincent University is very unique is uh, one of the first institution in Canada that educate the women. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm very proud. That's another reason why I choose the month because how much uh, the school dedicate uh, to uh, educate women and then empower women. Was it um, a surprise when you arrived in Halifax? I mean, I guess when you think about living on the east coast of Canada compared to the east coast of China, what surprised you the most when you when you saw our east coast? Um, let me think. I think uh, what surprised me the most is uh, how close the community is. Uh, I know is Nova Scotia, we have a smaller population than my hometown, but uh, at the same time, I didn't realize like uh, how close uh, the community is, how how much people are familiar with each other. And then from a conversation, you will end up to knowing someone's uh, yeah. friends with someone or went to high school with someone, that, that kind of a community 
50 cents. Yeah, I always think Halifax is like a little big city, right? Exactly. Because you're right, there's so many connections that people have, but yet it's growing so fast and mm-hmm. it's still sort of stretched out enough that you could you know, go to the mall without taking a shower and you won't run into someone that you went to high school with. Exactly. (laughs) So isn't the population, though, of Fujin, like, over 38 million? Is that correct? Yeah, I think it's growing. So, like, uh, thinking about my province population, it's like the population of Canada. Yes. Yeah, that's the difference. Oh, totally. Um, So why did you choose to stay in Atlanta, Canada? Because, you know, you come to school here as an international student, but, you know, you could move away to a different city or a different province altogether or a different country altogether. So why did you choose to stay in Atlanta, Canada? Exactly. So at the beginning, uh, after I graduated from school, I did think about to move away to a bigger city like Toronto or Vancouver. And then I realized this is kind of like my home uh, in Canada. The people here, like uh, when I first came here, I know nobody beside my university's uh, faculty and teachers. But these people are the people who helped me right after I graduated from school to connect me with the different organization and who taught me how to networking. And uh, from my homestay family to the friends I made, everyone is helping me. And I had my network here. And that's why I decided I want to stay here because it almost feel like home. And this is my connection here. And when you arrived here, did you find it a little bit of a challenge to, I don't say fit in, but, you know, were you hesitant, shy? I mean, you know, what was your, your feelings when you when you got to the Mount, when you got to Halifax? Yeah, God, uh, you ask. Um, when I first uh, arrived in Canada, my English wasn't very good, and I was a little bit shy and a little bit more uh, introvert. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember a funny story, like uh, everyone is ordering drinks in front of Tim Hortons, mm-hmm. and then... Uh, I will be so nervous because there's a long line behind me. Mm-hmm. So every time I remember there's two drink options, either uh, double-double or French vanilla, because it's easy just say the words rather than just order, uh, like a, a long order is complicated. Right, like a Starbucks order. Exactly. <laughs> it's easier then, at Tim Hortons. Yeah, so every time I will be like French vanilla or like yeah. double-double. Did you even like double-doubles? Because that's, it, that's a taste, you know, you gotta have a taste for that. At the beginning I like it, but once you Oh, the too many is like very sweet. So I have yeah. to like challenge myself to learn more vocabulary. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Your first professional role was with the Halifax Partnership Collector Program. Can you tell us more about how you landed that role and just about the program itself? Yeah. So about the Connector Program, uh, how I was a uh, connectee at the beginning because I was trying to uh, build my network in Halifax. So I enrolled the program as a connectee and was able to connect with the connector and learn so much more about uh, networking in Halifax. And eventually I attended to so many networking events and uh, the program is also happened to have an opportunity to hire a program coordinator. And then someone uh, from the team uh, reached out to me and said, Christine, I think uh, this will be a great uh, opportunity for you. You should apply. And I did apply, and, uh, and, and then I find that's a perfect uh, first position for me because 
because I had the opportunity to help other newcomers and also international students just like myself to build a connection and meet with like uh, business and community leaders uh, in Halifax and to learn more about the business and communities, industries, uh, and also public sector insights and then to expanding uh, to expand the network. I guess they were pretty appreciative because you obviously have the experience of being an international student. And what advice did you sort of pass along to them? And one one advice I had is uh, also to myself is really need to get out of my comfort zone. Mm. For example, networking uh, it is sounds it sounds it could be terrifying for some people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. To how how do you get out there by knowing nobody and to uh, just professionally and exchange business card, doing handshake, uh, start a conversation. Yeah, so that's very challenging uh, at the beginning. Uh, that's something I will always recommend uh, uh, people to do and to attend networking event, connect with someone. And right now with COVID words, uh, it's really important to reaching out to people in a like creative way through LinkedIn or, uh, yeah. Yeah. I know networking is not my most favorite thing. It is really challenging. And I can imagine if maybe English isn't your first language that now you're thrown into this, you know, really important social event for your career and you want to talk to people, but maybe there is that barrier. Did you find that too? I mean, coming from that shy sort of background that you were describing earlier, did did you really find it hard to just break out of that? shell when you were networking? Yes, certainly, because uh, I think uh, uh, sometimes I describe it as uh, I really had had to have the thick skin yeah. to be brave and to feel more confident to to talk and start a conversation. And, uh, and I think uh, it's really, one thing I find is very important is really consider yourself as part of the community to learn more about what's happening uh, in Halifax, in Nova Scotia, in Canada, because I found for many uh, in immigrants and international graduates like myself, at the beginning we may find ourselves as an outsider, but it's so important to uh, don't think, don't consider ourselves as an outsider and to really think we are part of this community. And when you talk to someone and you will uh, feel more engaged and then you will feel more open to talk about and start a, a conversation. Mm-hmm. That's really good advice for really anyone, I think, too. So you're connecting people and international students with other people in the industries and, and businesses, but who are your mentors? Who do you look up to when you're trying to either break that shell through networking or just who you look up to for your career? Yeah, and I think I'm, I I was and I am very fortunate to have many wonderful mentors. Uh, some mentors I had is through like a mentorship program many years ago from Fusion. And I also have like informal mentor, for example, my former university president. Uh, she's a friend of mine. And she always gave, gave me wonderful advice. And also sometimes like uh, in the, right now I work at uh, public sector and then sometimes we're reaching out to colleagues asking them for advice and uh, although they don't have the formal mentor kind of title but they are kind of mentoring me and giving me advice. Do you hope to be a mentor for someone maybe an international student or you know an immigrant or just anyone 
in the Atlantic Canada area? Uh, yes, uh, actually, I have. I I was a mentor through the Adrenova's uh, mentorship uh, program uh, to help uh, international students to adapt to the uh, culture here, to learn about the business environment here, and it was a wonderful experience. Uh, going back to your supportive role with the Nova Scotian government that I mentioned when I was introducing you, uh, the international trade missions to China, Japan, and Korea. Um, were you were there with Premier Stephen McNeil when yes. he was Premier? Um, can you tell us about some highlights from your work with the province? It sounds like a really cool experience. Yeah, and, and it's a wonderful uh, experience, especially myself as someone who is from Asia and to be able to build my first home and the second home, Nova Scotia, together to build the bridge and to, and I find like trade is so important, at the same time it's important, uh, the people to people exchange and to be able to help the people from both sides to understand each other, and I find it's very rewarding. And did anything happen on the trip that you can tell us about that was that stood out as as a maybe a, a different experience that you've never had before or just something that was eye-opening to you yeah I have a cute little story so this one time I was uh, in Tokyo we were promoting uh, Nova Scotia our uh, trade and uh, investment opportunity on the on the way, and uh, after we finished the meeting, we were my, myself and my colleague. We were working, walking on the street of uh, Tokyo, and then randomly, I spot a, a car with a very famous Nova Scotia seafood brand's logo on it, and okay. then big lobster. And at the moment, myself and my colleague, we were so excited because. Uh, even you are so far f away from home and uh, in one of the biggest city, Tokyo, in, yeah. and then you get to see a little bit Nova Scotia there. That moment, I feel, is very meaningful, the work I'm doing. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, it's so weird. Yeah, right? <laughs> it was a small world, I guess, exactly. in a lot of ways. I wanted to talk about anti-Asian hate crimes in Canada. I was reading online that, you know, they jumped 300% during the first year of COVID-19 pandemic. And you have spoken out on how Halifax could work to prevent these hate crimes from happening in the future here and, and really across the country. Can you tell us more about this and what you think can be done to help stop these hate crimes from continuing? Yeah, thank you for asking. And definitely since the pandemic, we see uh, increasing number of anti-Asian uh, anti-Asian hate, uh, including hate crime, but also more than hate crime. Uh, one issue it is uh, not all the anti-Asian hate crime or incident are reported mm -hmm. uh, to the police and due to different layer of reasons. And so that's why I was uh, advocating and asking uh, the city we can do two more things better. Uh, one is uh, we should have more data collection, the race and gender-based data collection to related to uh, anti-Asian uh, incidents. So when this incident happens, for advocates or the policymaker, they really know the number and can make a business case to advocating, uh, can advocate for uh, this issue. A second one, I think, uh, it's really important for us to address anti-Asian racism, even in a very friendly East Coast. Uh, this is existing, mm. and it's important for us to uh, looking to to find more resources to com uh, to support the Asian community here in the uh, Atlantic Canada. 
And you recognize that other bigger cities, I think it was New York, Mm -hmm. they are obviously um, more active in stopping these hate crimes from happening. How do they do it? And how do you think Halifax could use their plan? Yeah, so uh, in uh, New York City, actually, they have uh, a Human Rights Commission have a number of uh, uh, campaign and uh, action to uh, to 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 fight uh, to combat anti-Asian racism. One thing I find very touching is uh, the they have they connect with the Asian artists and uh, have a uh, campaign poster about anti-Asian ra- uh, racism, and the poster is. All around the city, and uh, when I was in the, uh, New York, actually this September, I see the poster everywhere. I can't stop taking photo, and uh, because I find it so meaningful, and some uh, posters say, uh, "This is our home too," and with a beautiful uh, poster design. And I think that's something very easy that we can do to uh, increase awareness of uh, and also address anti-Asian racism to have such poster and campaign around uh, the city or the public space mm-hmm. to talk about the anti-Asian racism issue. And you were able to talk to counselors about this in Halifax, were you? Yes, uh, through my role as the vice chair of the Halifax Women's Advisory Council, I was able to uh, uh, present uh, the issue of anti-Asian racism to the uh, the Women's Advisory Committee and also to the uh, Executive Council of Halifax. And what was their temperature like? I mean, what did what was their reaction when you were telling them or? Yeah, so uh, it started with the Women's Advisory Committee. Uh, it was uh, in the spring of uh, 2021 after the uh, tragedy uh, incident happened in the Atlanta, Georgia, the, um, the shooting mm-hmm. to the Asian women. And then the, as a follow-up, I decided I would like to took the opportunity to speak out on the issue of anti-Asian racism. And uh, I was very glad the support I received from the Women's Advisory Committee. And and um, they also encouraged me uh, to bring out this uh, important issue to the city council. So um, I'm very glad to have the Watch Committee's support. Excellent. Um, You were the vice chair of the Women's Advisory Committee, as you just said, for the city of Halifax. So why is it important for you to be involved in making the city a more inclusive place to live and work? Yeah, so um, I I think uh, it's wonderful uh, to have opportunity as such to be able to speak out on the issue that matter to me. And also as a racialized uh, woman and also an immigrant, sometimes we don't see many people look like ourselves mm-hmm. sitting on a uh, different board or the leadership position. So I, I believe uh, it would be great to see more racialized women taking a role in the board agency and commissions for the municipal and also provincial level and also see more women like myself uh, in the leadership role because I really believe you can be who you cannot see. So the, that's my hope. That's excellent. And kind of going down that road of maybe being a mentor for other young ladies or, you know, young international students that have that same thought of, I want to see more people like me and how can I do this? And here you are and you can be a mentor for them. Exactly. Thank you. (laughs) In your opinion and based on your experience, um, why should an international student studying here stay in Atlantic Canada? 
I think first of all, uh, thank Canada. We really, for a young person, we really offer like kind of unique lifestyle. Uh, we have beautiful scenery here in Atlantic Canada, so close to the ocean. And also, we also, for example, here in Halifax, we also have like kind of urban lifestyle. It's a wonderful combination. And so it's a wonderful place to live. At the same time, uh, in Halifax and also other area of Atlantic region, we uh, the community is growing. The business community is growing. Let's offer like growing uh, op uh, job opportunity. Mm -hmm. And uh, last but not least, I think the people like how friendly and how welcoming the people here in the East Coast. How do you think the government or you know even just the regular population mm -hmm. um, can uh, accept and attract international students and immigrants to live here. Do you have any thoughts, um, you know, from your experience um, moving here and, and now staying here, how can we attract more people to come here, either to study or to live? Yeah, I think uh, we already did a wonderful, good job uh, to attract more and more immigrants and international students here in, uh, in Atlantic Canada. Um, but at the same time, I think important to uh, the next challenge for us is how do we uh, retain these uh, newcomers and also international students. One key uh, issue is uh, how can we build the community, let people feel a sense of belonging. Mm -hmm. So that's something I think uh, everyone we should be focusing on uh, to uh, make newcomers and also international students feel, uh, feel like home here. When you were recognized as the most inspiring immigrant or one of the most inspiring immigrants in Atlanta, Canada, what did it mean to you to be recognized with that honor? It was really an honor to be recognized as like one of the most inspiring immigrants in Canada. It meant a lot to myself and also my family. I remember I came to Atlantic Canada just with my classmate, but basically it's by myself to build my own career and uh, making new friends and everything. So it was uh, not an easy journey, but at the same time, I think it, it really also is a great motiv motivation for me uh, how to keep going. And uh, this is my second home, and I re really appreciate the recognition for my second home. And you mentioned your family. So what does your family think of your new home here in Halifax, Atlanta, Canada, and where your journey has taken you so far? I was very fortunate. My parents actually got the opportunity to visit me uh, actually five years ago in Atlantic Canada. So mm -hmm. they, see, they saw the first hand of the, how friendly, how nice, welcoming the people uh, here are. And uh, they feel very happy I uh, and they always mention like how lucky I am like uh, come here by myself but uh, I had the opportunity to have the mentor and have the people around me like being so supportive to my career and to my uh, personal growth. Were they scared for you a little bit as you know your family might be a little worried that you know you're going off to a you know totally different part of the world uh, were they scared hesitant yeah, at the beginning, like uh, I remember before I came to Canada, my mom uh, really don't want me to come <laughs> to Canada. And actually, my visa was uh, uh, rejected once. So, right. but uh, 
because I really want to come to Canada, so we real pride and uh, and uh, I end up become a Canadian citizen uh, now. And uh, uh, I think right now, like my parents, they are very uh, supportive, and then with my work and with my experience, everything. My dad sometimes will joke about it. He said, "You are a global citizen, so you belong to the to the world, not just uh, our our home." What do you think you'd be doing now if you didn't come to Halifax or if you came here, studied, and, and moved back to your hometown? Hard to think, I guess, about, you know, that other alternate reality that you could have had, mm-hmm. too. Do you yeah. think you'd be working for the government or having, you know, that that mentor ability, whether having it, having a mentor or being eventually being a mentor for others? Yeah, I think definitely it's important to connect with other people. And also I think I always have that sense of the, uh, connect globally, connect internationally uh, in my mind. So that would be a direction like uh, I will keep having. Yeah, because you liked business more than anything else, right? When you were studying, you kind of leaned toward business because it was more practical and more sort of your thing. You thought yourself as a people person too. Exactly. So yeah, it's interesting kind of uh, at the beginning when I came to Canada, I was very shy, mm-hmm. introvert, and eventually I grow and then I like my favorite things right now is really connecting with people and I like my job. I'm able to connecting with people. And double doubles. <laughs> double doubles too. <laughs> <laughs> or you still like them. <laughs> if you could redo your immigration to Canada, is there something that you would change? Yeah, as I mentioned earlier, I was a little bit introvert at the beginning and always older, like double-double. Like if I can redo it, I really will challenge myself to get out of my comfort zone and try different kind of drink and <laughs> making more friends and then really get myself out there to connect with people and yeah, so that would be something I would do differently. Yeah. It's always those little things, I guess, right? Just the, yeah, ordering a different drink or, yeah, learning maybe a different thing about the city, something like that. Exactly, like be part of more in the university and uh, different kind of volunteer activity and ready to be part of community. And that would be something I would do like earlier. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Christine, and thank you to everyone joining us for today's episode of Our Guest Is. If you don't want to miss the next episode, make sure you subscribe. You can find us on MyEastCoastExperience.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and YouTube. Plus, don't forget you can follow My East Coast Experience on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Thanks again, and hope you join us for our next episode.